Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab was the king, he said, as the Lord of God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. There was a famine going on, a drought that caused a famine. In these first, first few verses in the um, book of 1 Kings, we see that Elijah a relatively unknown prophet at this point, had been brought from obscurity and set front and center on the stage of history. God took a man who in most people's eyes was kind of a nobody, and he used him to shake the throne and the entire nation of Israel. The foundational problem here was that Israel, God's chosen people, excuse me just a minute, And all the concealed carry people know what I just did. So there we go. <laughs> the foundational problem here was that Israel, God's chosen people, the same people who had been warned time and time again not to worship idols and the false gods of their neighbors, they were now worshiping several different idols. But the main one was a, a, a god, false god named Baal. Baal was the god of fertility. When the sun rose in the sky, his followers believed that they were seeing Baal's face. When the thunder rolled, his followers believed that they were receiving blessings from Baal in the form of rain. Now, hold on to that. They thought Baal sent rain. The wickedness of Baal ran so deep, even to the extent of child sacrifice, God hated it to its core. When God allowed Elijah to stand before the king, King Ahab, and boldly say, here's what's going to happen. Unless I say so, it will not rain. Remember, they thought Baal provided rain. It was a direct and divine challenge to Ahab's God named Baal. And when this challenge was issued through, through, through Elijah, God was telling Israel, now I'm going to show you who the real God is. I'm going to show you that I am the God Jehovah, and I will prove it by cutting off the rain, and there is nothing you can do it do about it, and there's nothing your God can do about it. As soon as Elijah stood before the king and said those words, issued this challenge, the Lord spoke to him and said, you need to leave here now, because it's probably not going to be good around here. And he told him where to go. He said, go to this place called the Kareth Ravine. So God had quickly placed Elijah in front of the king, and now he quickly removed him from view. According to verse 4, God had, had plans for Elijah when he got there. And there for now was the Kareth Ravine. It was a simple plan. It was a little bit unusual, but a simple plan. God said, go to the ravine at Kareth because I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. After being there for a time, we read that the brook dried up. 
God promised Elijah once again that he had made arrangements for Elijah's needs to be met there as well. God told Elijah in 1 Kings 17 and 9, he said, Go to Zarephath and stay there because I have already made arrangements there to supply you with food. And this time it wasn't ravens providing the food for Elijah. This time it was a widow. More, more specifically, it was a struggling single mom who was there. And wherever you're there is, if you're watching today, whoever you might be, single mom, single dad, whatever your struggle may be, don't let the devil tell you that God can't use you. He can use anyone who is willing to be obedient. Remember, it wasn't a coincidence that this struggling mom was also right smack in the middle of her there. There was a famine in the land. There was a drought. There was people that were starving. In fact, she and her son were getting ready to starve. They were going to eat their last meal and starve when Elijah arrived. For Elijah, there was wherever God told him to go. So when Elijah arrived at Kareth, he was there. When he arrived at Zarephath, at this single mom's house, once again, he was there. There's an old saying, no matter where you go, there you are. I think that's attributed to the great philosopher Buckaroo Banzai. You have to be older as me to know what that means. No matter where you go, there you are. And as silly as that might sound, it's really true. As long as you, where you go is ordered of the Lord. And I want us to grasp that today because the fact is, whenever Elijah was in the will of God, when he got there, he was assured of the Lord's blessing and provision. But he had to be there. So I want to ask you this question today. Are you there? You might say, well, where is there? And I could say, well, for Elijah, there was standing before a king, and then there was living in a ravine next to a brook, and later, there was in a widow's house. But all of those places, he was where God told him to go. He was in his there. For Noah, there was an ark. For Daniel, his there was a prayer room that eventually led to a lion's den. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was a fiery furnace. For Ruth, there was a field owned by Boaz. For David, there was a cave that he hid from Saul in. And later, there was the throne of all of Israel. For Paul, there was often a, a prison cell. And for Jesus... There was a cross. In other words, there is the place in your life that finds you where God has placed you. And let me clarify, I'm not talking about running all over the country trying to find yourself. That's not what I'm saying. Or some self-serving attitude of going where I want, when I want, doing what I want, looking for whatever makes me feel good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about going where God says go, when he says go, for his glory and for his purpose. I'm just going to say this feels weird. <laughs> Somebody type amen or something. 
We have talked recently in Bible study a lot about the will of God. And I will tell you today that there is God's perfect will for your life. Your there is when you are in the will of God. Wherever it might be, that will be your there. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you get there, you will know it. And let me add, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you aren't there, you will know it. When you get there, there are some things you will find out about that place, wherever your there is. From this 17th chapter of 1 Kings, I want to point out some truths in that place called there. If you realize today that you aren't there, I want to encourage you to find your there, get there, and stay there. Because it is there that God can use you to accomplish his will for your life. It is not always about what makes us happy, but I can assure you, assure you that you will find more peace when we know for sure that we are there in the will of God. Let's look a little bit at what the Bible teaches, about, teaches us about being there. First of all, there is a place of promise. God promised Elijah that the ravens would feed him there at Kareth. God told him that a widow woman there in Zarephath had been commanded to sustain him to provide him the food he needed. And each time when Elijah went there, as the Lord commanded, he found that the Lord was as good as his word. If he said it, it was going to happen. When we get there, we too will discover that God always does and exactly what he says he will do. He is a God who never fails. He is a God who keeps all his promises. In writing about Abraham, Paul said in, in Romans 4.21 that Abraham was fully persuaded that God had the ability to do what he had promised. Abraham was known as a man of great faith. In order to be a person of faith, we too have to believe that God can and will do, that he has the power to do what he says he can do. If we don't believe that God can do it, we won't have the faith to know that when we get there, that everything's going to be okay. If Abraham didn't believe God was going to give him the land of Canaan, why would he have ever left Haran where all his family was? If Elijah didn't believe that God was going to provide for him at Kareth and then again at Zarephath, why would he have gone? So let me say this again. In order to be a person of faith, we too have to believe that God can and will do what he says he can and will do. Hebrews 6.18 tells us that it is impossible for God to lie. So if he says it, we can count on it just like he said it would be. In fact, I'll go a step further. And I'll say this, God will keep his promises whether you and I ever get there or not. Let me explain that. Our actions, our obedience or disobedience, will not change God's ability to do what he says he will do. God doesn't say, well, I guess I can't make that happen because so-and-so didn't go there. He's not depending on us. He can make it happen with or without us. The being there is for our benefit. He will still be God whether we go there or whether we don't. If Elijah would have said, I don't like Kareth Ravine. I don't want to go to Zarephath. 
God would have still been God, and he still would have been able to provide for Elijah had he gone there. Our obedience doesn't change who God is. God is sovereign. He will lead us. If we will trust him and follow as he leads, he will take us to the place and provide for us exactly the way that he says he will. We don't have to go. But those who have arrived at their there are in a position to see him do what Ephesians 3.20 says, exceedingly, abundantly, above what we can ask or imagine. Another version says, think. If we will trust him, and if we will go where he says to go, and we will find where our there is, we can be assured that he is able to do more than we can even imagine. Those who are there will see more than those who are not. Those who are in there there are often put in difficult places, many times in a place of total dependence on God that most others will never experience. But they will as a result of that trust, as a result of their dependence on God, see things happen that others will never see because they didn't go there. When God puts you there, be assured that he can and will take care of you there. When Elijah got to his first there, the Kareth Ravine, the ravens flew in right on time every morning and every evening with his meals. When he arrived at the widow's house, he saw the Lord suspend the very laws of nature to provide for his needs and for the needs of the widow's family. In the middle of a famine, when people were starving because of a lack of food, 1 Kings 17, 16 says that the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry, just like Elijah said it would happen. And that lasted for the entire time that there was a famine in the land. God suspended the very laws of nature to take care of Elijah because he was there. If Elijah had refused to go there and do what God told him to do, he would have never seen, have seen the miracle that came because of the shortage. And that single mom, had she not been there, had she not been obedient to God, she and her son would have eaten their last meal and died in that famine. If you need God today, in your personal life, in your finances, in your family situation, in your body or mind, know this, the greater the need, the greater the miracle. God's miracles are most profound when the need is the greatest. And there is no need that's bigger than my God. When you get there in your own life, you will find that the God who promises is also the God who can bring it to pass. We won't read it right now, but read it later today. Matthew 6, 25 through 33. It assures us that he knows how to meet the needs of his children. Philippians 4, 19 says this. He says, my God will meet or my God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. 
Watch this. When Elijah arrived at his there, he was reminded that God is a God who is at work on both sides of time. Watch this. In verses 4 and 9, before he commanded Elijah to go to Kareth or to Zarephath, God had already commanded the ravens and the widow to get ready to play the part that they were to play in this story. Before Elijah ever got there, God had already provided. In other words, before there was a need in Elijah's life, God had already taken care of supplying that need. Those who go with God and find they're there soon will come understand that they are serving a God who is not bound by the limits of time and space. He transcends both. Dr. Alan Carr says this, your tomorrow is his right now. And whatever takes place in your life is the result of his advanced planning. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences. There is just the providence of God working out his plan and his will in the lives of his children. If we ever get a hold of that, it would change us forever. End of quote. Why would it change us forever? It's because we would be reminded that our needs, whatever they might be, are merely the evidence of God's supply in waiting. When a need arises in your life or mine, if we are there, it just means that God has already written the check. Whatever it might be, wherever you might be, whatever is going on, be assured that whatever situation we are in is under his perfect control. He is never surprised. He is never caught off guard. You will never see God scratching his head saying, well, I, I didn't see that one coming. God has never had to switch to plan B. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the fiery furnace, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, when Lazarus, Jesus' friend, died and was buried, when Jesus died on the cross, God didn't say, well, I, I knew that was a possibility, but I didn't think it actually happened. Now I have to figure out what to do. That's not what he did. And let me tell you this, when you are going through the most difficult time in your life, know that God is not stumped with how he's going to take care of you. Because Elijah was there, he got to see ravens bring him meat and bread two times a day, every day. He got to see the meal barrel and the jug of oil, the food supply at this widow's house, provide for the widow and Elijah and this lady's son. For months. And it didn't stop there. Later, he got to see that widow's son raised from the dead. He got to see the power of God manifested before his eyes. All because he was there. When you get there and stay there, you will be in a position to see the power of God manifest in your life as well. Many people live out their entire Christian lives and they never experience his manifested power simply because they never get there. They never get to that place where that they are actually in the will of God. Oh yeah, they, they were forgiven of their sins, they were saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, but they just didn't listen enough to actually get there. 
But I'll tell you this, when your life is out of control, it is well within his. Those who are there will experience the power of God. Those who are not will not. Once again, let me remind you that regardless of what you might be facing in life, God has the power to take care of that situation. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. When you go to him, you don't have to worry if he can handle it. No, he has all the authority in heaven and on earth. And I have to believe that that is enough to take care of me in the worst of situations that I might find myself in. As long as I am in the there that he has called me to be in. Even in the worst situation of his life, Job spoke these words to God in Job 42.2. He said, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. I know that you can do everything. This is Job who has lost everything. He has lost his children. He has lost his crops. He has lost his cattle. All of his buildings and everything that he owned. He has lost his health. And in spite of that, he still said to God, I know that you can do all things. I know that nobody can mess up your plan because you are God. Whether we go to our there, whether we live in our there, God will still be God. And God will still be able to provide if we make a decision. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go there. Getting there might frighten you because maybe you think you can't handle life from there. And the fact is you're right. You won't be able to handle life on your own. But I assure you that he can. Because of what took place when Elijah spoke to the word, spoke the word of the Lord to King Ahab, Elijah turned himself into kind of a wanted man. In 1 Kings 18, 10 through 11, we read that Ahab was searching everywhere in the known world for Elijah. But because Elijah was there, he was in a place of safety, a place of divine protection. When we are there, when we are in the will of God, when we are in the place that God said, I want you to go and, and stay there, and you go, but I don't know why. I don't understand. I don't like it here. Stay there. When we do that, we will be under God's protection and we will be under his provision. And we don't have to worry. If he can send ravens with bread, he can take care of us. The safest place you can be is there. Dead center of the Lord's will is where you need to find yourself because nothing can touch you when you are there. You are safe in his will and be assured that God knows how to protect his children regardless of what they might face in life. David wrote this in Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David knew about being there. He knew about not being there. 
But he was smart enough to know when he was there, when he was in the will of God, when he was going where God told him to go and doing what God told him to do, he could do anything. Kill a giant. But on his own, he failed miserably time and time again. Some people refuse to trust the Lord. They feel like God is out to hurt them. Or that somehow, at some point, he won't look out for them or provide for them. But the truth is, he can take care of you better than you can take care of yourself. You can trust him because your interests are his priority. And he knows what is best for us far better than we know what's best for us. By being there, Elijah learned more about God and his power than he would have learned anywhere else. Being there was no doubt hard at times. But I will tell you that any step of faith can be difficult. But it was the best place he could have ever been because it afforded him an opportunity to watch God work. It afforded him a first-hand look at seeing God do miraculous things. Had he not been there, he would have never seen them. God's path for your life may lead you through some, through some treacherous places. But until you go with God and watch him do the impossible in your life, how will you ever know what he can really do for you? I love the words from the old Andre Kraut song, Through It All. There's a line that says, if I had never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in his word could do. None of the great people in the Bible that we read about would have ever known what God could do unless they had first faced the trials of life and stood firmly in their there. So let me ask, are you there? Have you reached a place in life where you can honestly say, I am in the will of God, I am where he wants me to be? If you are, let me encourage you to stay there. Notice that when Elijah arrived at Kareth, the Bible said that he stayed. The King James Version says he dwelt there. That word means to live or to set up housekeeping. He kind of said, this is where I'm going to be for a little while. God told me to come here. I'm just going to dwell here for a while. Elijah went there to stay there until orders came to go to somewhere else. So if you're there, just stay there. If you never have arrived at there, and you know that you are somehow missing out on God's best for you because you aren't there, let me invite you to spend some time in prayer. Spend some time alone with him and ask him to show you where there is. And when he shows you where there is, get there. And stay there. If there was ever a time when we need to know that we are in the will of God, if there was ever a time in our lives personally, our lives as a church, our lives as a country, now is the time to know that if God said, that's the spot, that's there, we want to go there and stay.
People are scared. But we don't have to be. When we are living in the there, we know that he will protect us and provide for us. Most everyone's there is a little different right now than it typically is. But know this. If you are where God has placed you at this time, then do your best to take in the blessings of your there. Being fed by ravens sounds pretty cool, right? But it also required that Elijah be in some form of isolation away from everyone else. He was hiding out. And as cool as it sounds to be fed by ravens, if you think about it, it's kind of gross. But that's how God chose to do it. And he did it because he said, go to Kareth. And Elijah went there. Make the best of your there. Maybe turn off Netflix and Hulu for a while. Open your Bible. Spend some time in prayer. Call someone and encourage them. Pray with them. Don't gossip with them. Pray with them. Share a scripture on social media. And then write something and explain how that scripture spoke to you. Pastor Christy uh, did a little video a couple weeks ago that was so encouraging. And maybe, maybe you are not that kind of person where you can do that. I'm, I'm not really there yet where I can take out my phone and do a video. Most people say I have a face for radio, so I'm not comfortable with that, but I'm working on it. Share, on, share something positive. Share something that, that God has spoken to your heart instead of sharing scary stuff. Instead of sharing the latest countdown of how many people died, share something that offers hope. Be someone else's there. Remember, God used ravens. He used a single mom to be a blessing to Elijah. I don't know what blessings the ravens received, but the single mom had food in a famine, and she saw her son raised from the dead. Being someone else's there. I don't know when it will happen, but at some point, this COVID-19 crisis will end. But during this downtime, seek God. Ask Him to prepare you for your new there. Where you are right now, today, if that's the there that God has called you to, then be the best you can be and be obedient and know that he has his hand on you right there. But when this crisis is over, I want to see us hit the ground running as a church and do more than we have ever done for the Lord. But if we spend this opportunity eating Cheetos and binge-watching Netflix, I can tell you it's not going to happen. There's going to be some people come out the other side of this crisis, they're going to have to lose about 30 pounds. We as Christians don't need to take about 30 pounds of worldliness on top of us and then have to figure out how to lose it when we get back in church. Think what would happen if we spent more time than ever before in prayer, more time than ever before in the Word. 
Think what would happen to us personally and to us as a church if during this time of of, of a different there, we fell on our faces before God and we said, God, when this there is over, help me to have a greater appreciation for your will. Help me to have a whole new dedication to serving you. Help me have a greater dedication to sharing the gospel. Help me to give of myself like never before. And then let that be our new there. When Elijah was there, when he was in his there, he saw miraculous things happen. And if we will find the there that God wants us to be in, we will see things happen in our personal lives. We will see things happen in our church. We will see things happen in our community. We will see things happen around the world like we have never seen before. We will see revival in ourselves, in our church, our community, and around the world. There will be some challenges. There will be some opportunities, individually and as a church, when we get past this crisis. Let's be prepared spiritually. Let's be prepared to come together as a powerful church to face these challenges and opportunities. We can and we will do it, but only if we are living in the there. So I'll ask one time, one more time, are you there? Wherever you might be. And there's people that have lived for the Lord for years and they've never really got to that place where God has called them. I'm a good testament of that. Oh, I was doing something. I just wasn't really doing what God had called me to do ultimately. And I knew that. But when I got to my there, I knew that too. If you are watching today and listening today, and you're there as a place where you are, you've never come to Christ. You have never accepted him as your savior. You have never repented of your sins. You have never said, Lord, I will make you the Lord of my life. Clean my heart. Let the blood of Jesus cover me and cover my sins. And I will live for you. If you've never done that, could that be your new there today? Go from a place of heading in the wrong direction in life to the place where God wants you to be. A clean heart, forgiven. Your sins are gone. Ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And let that be your new there. And maybe you can't get started in, in working at the church or doing other things, and maybe you don't really know a whole lot. But in the meantime, read your Bible. Spend time in prayer. I'm sure when, when Elijah was at the brook Kareth, he had to be thinking about where the next there was going to be. 
He knew he wouldn't be here for the rest of his life. And probably in his mind, he was thinking, boy, it'd be nice if it could be someplace a little nicer than this. I don't think he saw coming what was coming. But when he got there, he knew exactly that he was where God told him to go. And wherever you are today, know that there is a new there coming. Be prepared for it. Stay in prayer. Stay in the word. Stay in touch with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We can still stay in touch with one another. I've spent the week with this guy right here. It's been fantastic. And that little guy back there, waving his hand. (laughs) And quite a bit of time with Danny. And it's been awesome. These are my brothers. We don't have to hunker down and hide. Maybe you can't come to the church physically. Come to Bible study online. We're going to have different people over the next several weeks teaching Bible study. We're going to have some different people preaching on Sunday mornings. And we're going to try to keep everything going as normal as it possibly can be. Because right now we're in a whole different there. But I'll say it again. When this passes, when we are able to come back and gather together, I want to come into this place and raise our voices to the Lord together like never before. I've thought about this next part all week. So here's what we're going to do this morning. As you sit there in your living room, your dining room, I'm going to ask you just to pray with us. You can raise your hands. You might want to stand. Whatever you want to do. Sit there in your lazy boy. But I want us to pray. And don't just whisper a prayer. I want us to pray, pray. Let's pray. Lord, today we are so grateful for the promises of your word that you can show us where we need to be. And Lord, not just show us, but you will take us there. And Lord, that while we are there, you will provide for us. You will protect us. And Lord, today we are so grateful for those promises. We are so grateful for the examples that we have in the word of God that show time and time again, you never fail. You cannot lie that your plan is perfect. Lord, today, if there's anything in our lives that shouldn't be there, Lord, I ask that you would take that away. If there's sin in our lives, Lord, I ask that you would forgive the sin. Lord, if there are things that are dragging us back to where we used to be, I ask that you would take those things away. Lord, if there are addictions and habits that need to be cleaned from our lives, Lord, I ask that during this time of a new there, that you would take those things away. Prepare us 
Lord, during this time to step into that new place, into that new will that you have for us. Lord, help us to step into the new there that you have called us to. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you would just stretch out your hands at home, those who are here today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. We love you. If you need us, please give us a call. God bless you.